I apologize tonight because I'm going to make some of you mad. Looks like I made a few mad this morning because they didn't come back tonight. <laughs> Amen. But how many of you know that's what evangelists do? They come into the church, make everybody mad, and on Wednesday night they say, Pastor, it's been great. Turn it over to him to straighten everything out. Amen. <laughs> but when you preach against sin, you're always going to offend somebody. And, and, and if you believe the Bible, the Bible says the gospel is an offense. So if you're not offending somebody, you may not be preaching the gospel. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for the service we had this morning. The Holy Ghost came down. Father God, I ask you tonight to allow your Holy Spirit to speak through your servant. But Lord, if for some reason that's not possible, I pray that you would allow him to speak in spite of your servant. In Jesus' name, amen. Take your Bibles, open them up to Romans, the 8th chapter. And we'll begin reading in the 5th verse. <clears throat> For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnal-minded is death, but to be spiritual-minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Listen to the ninth verse. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. How many of you realize that if you don't have the Spirit Holy Ghost living in your heart, you're not of Christ. And let me say this, when you have sin, unconfessed sin in your life, the Holy Ghost is not going to be in your heart because He is God, the third member of the Godhead, and He will not be attached to sin. Think about that, folks. If you've got unconfessed sin in your heart, the Holy Spirit's outside knocking on your door. We need to realize that. There are four types of church members. I don't say Christians because only one type is a Christian. Amen? But there are four types. I see them in every single church that I go in. The first type of church member I see is what we call a buzzard church member. Now you think about it. They come to church when there's something to eat or something's dead. <laughs> think about it. Homecoming. 
Homecoming, the church is full. You let somebody in the neighborhood who is well loved and well thought of pass away and the church is full. Why is that? It's all them buzzards show up. <laughs> the second type is what I call a blow church member. You know them as church hoppers. They blow in, blow up, and blow out. The third type is what I call a blooming church member. Yeah, they show up at church when the porn sitters are out or the Easter lilies are blooming. <laughs> Think about it. Christmas, the church is full. Easter, the church is full. They're blooming Christians or church members. The fourth type that I see is what we call a believing church member. They come to church on Sunday morning. They come on Sunday night. They come on Wednesday night. They believe the Word of God. They have not compromised it. Today, we're living in a sinful world where the sins of the flesh are manifest. Go with me over to Galatians The fifth chapter, beginning in the 19th verse. Listen carefully to what it says. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Idolatry, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, reviling and such like, and listen carefully to what he says here. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, listen, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, you either believe the Bible or you don't. I had a, I had a, 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 my barber, as a matter of fact, I went by there Thursday morning to get a haircut, and he is supposed to be a Christian. I do not know. I do not judge people's heart because only you and God know your real heart. But he was talking to me about the Word of God, and I said, well, I preach out of the King James first. I do that. Uh, because I have just about every kind of version except the Bill Clinton version. I mean, uh, the politically correct version. <laughs> and I've read them all. And he says, oh, I've got, I, I, I read the, some word from out of space. Bible. It's more accurate than any Bible. That old King James has got so many mistakes in it, it's pitiful. I said, really? Name one mistake that's in the King James Version. Just one. 
Oh, 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 well, uh, uh, hey, they start crawfishing on you right away. Uh, well, well, I, 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 I well, I don't remember one right now, but I know because my pastor said it was full of mistakes. Let me tell you something. If you listen to any pastor that's named Flip Flop, you best get out of that church because you're going to go to hell with him and fry like bacon for eternity. I don't know if the King James has any mistakes in it or not. I do not believe it does because it's the infallible, inerrant Word of God. Amen. Amen? But listen to what it says. And I'm only going to pick one sin out of all those. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these idolatry, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness. Somebody asked me one time, said, Brother Bill, what is your definition of lasciviousness? That's uh, uh, like a truck driver that wears pantyhose, <laughs> cross-dressers, stuff like that. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, reviling, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I was invited to come to the First Baptist Church, and I will not call the state or you know, somebody might know somebody there, and I wouldn't want to offend those folks that weren't there that Sunday morning. I walked in that First Baptist Church. There was a man and a woman sitting right there on the front row. I came in, the lady spoke up, said, are you Brother Say? I said, yes, ma'am, I am. She said, well, I'm your music minister this week. I said, oh, well, it's good to meet you. She said, this is my boyfriend. He is the adult Sunday school teacher. Hello. I looked at her and I said, ma'am, how long y'all been girlfriend, boyfriend? She said, five years. I said, do you live together? She said, yes. What's wrong with that? How many of you ever heard the word fornicator? Folks, we have allowed so much sin to come into our churches that the church doesn't recognize it as sin. I said, you mean to tell me you're the music minister and he's the adult Sunday school teacher and y'all are shacking up together? <laughs> now, folks, I don't cut no slack. I, I don't sugarcoat nothing. The only thing that's sugarcoated about me is my diabetes. And since I met Jesus, he's got so sweet, my blood's turning to sugar. Amen. <laughs> I say it like it is. I offend people. I make people mad. Some of you won't come back for this revival this week. But I call sin, sin. Right. 
Shacking up is sin. And the Bible clearly says, and I'm going to give you another witness because the Bible says we're two or more witnesses. Amen? I'm going to give you another witness from the Bible that if you die in any of those sins, you're not going to heaven. If you're committing and you need to make a list of all of them, but if you're committing any of those sins, the Bible clearly says you shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, what do you mean? I mean this. I was staff evangelist at a rather large church. We run about 1,500 in Sunday school and about 2,000 in church. I've been there for six years. I had some nice benefits. One day, we had such a large high school, college student congregation that we had five youth ministers, five of them. One day, one of the youth ministers knocked on my door. He was there with his fiance. He said, Brother Say, we want you to marry us. I said, okay, come on in. Let's talk about it. Because I, I tell people, listen, I don't do weddings and I don't do funerals because they're both just alike. <laughs> Something dies. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but it came in. We sat down. I gave them each a three by five card and I said, give me your name your address and phone number so I'll know who I'm talking with. I looked at it. They had different last names. Now, in South Georgia, that's a pretty good sign. It's okay to get married. <laughs> but they had the same address. I looked at that. I said, son, what does this mean? Y'all got the same address. He said, well, we're soulmates. And, you know, that's politically correct now. But they didn't finish the sentence. If you think you're going to heaven as a soulmate, you're going to wind up in hell as sailmates. I said, how long has this been going on? He said, two years. My wife got that young lady off over there and she said, "Hun, why in the world did you allow this to happen? Don't you know that men will only go till we say no? She looked at my wife. She said, well, sister, say, you don't understand. You're old. I am a liberated woman. I got that old boy off over there. I said, son, you realize you've destroyed your ministry. What do you think you're teaching our young people with you and your girlfriend shacking up together? What do you think you're teaching them? You may be youth minister now, but come tomorrow morning, if I have anything to say about it, you will not be. I said, why in the world did you let this happen? He looked at me with the innocent eyes of a dove. I do not believe he thought it was wrong. 
And it's not our young people's fault today. It's the pulpit's fault. We're not preaching against sin anymore in most of our churches. I do not believe that would happen in this church. I know this pastor's heart. Now, let me ask you, madam. You think you're liberated and he thinks you're a cow because he told me, well, why buy the cow when you can get the milk free? You think you're liberated? He thinks you're a cow. <laughs> what kind of life is that? <laughs> Fornication is a deadly sin. It is a deadly sin. You will not, if you die in that state or any of the states of these sins here, with them active in your life, the Bible said you will not enter the kingdom of God. Where else is there to go? I'm sorry, Catholics. There is no such thing as purgatory. There is a Latin word for purgatory. It's called baloney. <laughs> Either you're going to heaven or you're going to hell. There's no in-between. There's no second chances. Every chance and opportunity we're all going to have is on this side of the grave. I wake up every morning thanking God that I'm looking down at the grass and not up at the roots. But in that big first, oh, by the way, I went to my pastor the next day. I said, Pastor, do you realize that one of our youth ministries, he and his girlfriend are shacking up? And, and, and I will not be a part of a church that allows and doesn't count. Now, listen, I preach against it. Because if you're in the church, that's the only way you're going to hear about it. But... For someone to be in a position in a church to minister the gospel and they shacking up together, my pastor, and I still love him, but he ain't my pastor no more. He looked at me and he said, well, Brother Bill, that's okay. It's acceptable in this day. I said, when did God change? You know, we all run around telling everybody, God can do anything. How many of y'all said that? Well, he can't. There's four things he cannot do. He can't lie. He can't change. He can't fail. And he can't let you into heaven with sin in your heart because he tells us in his word that nothing that defileth shall enter the kingdom of God. So how are you going to think? You know, I had, uh, uh, we've had the privilege, pleasure of having our granddaughter move in with us. <laughs> 
And she's got a 15-month-old baby girl. That's why my wife's not with me tonight is she's babysitting. But she moved in with us once before. And the next morning, her boyfriend shows up with a suitcase. I said, what are you doing with that suitcase? He said, well, I'm moving in. <laughs> I said, I said, this is what I said. Y'all can get mad if you want to. I said, when they install air conditioning in hell, you'll move in here, but not before. Amen. I won't allow people to shack up on my property. Because if I do, I'm saying I'm condoning it. And do you know the Bible says that even those that take pleasure in them that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I don't take any pleasure in dealing with sin. This big church, I went in the pastor's office. I said, Pastor, do you realize, this is on Sunday morning. I said, do you realize that your music minister and your adult Sunday school teacher are shacking up together? Oh, yeah. He said, everybody in the church knows that they've been doing it for five years. He said, we've got several couples in our congregation that live together. I thought to myself, <laughs> We're going to have a good revival in this church. <laughs> but when I got through telling the pastor how sinful fornication is, I didn't preach the revival. I preached that morning, and I was asked to leave. Let me tell you something, folks. If you're in a church where they condone sin, and they welcome it in. Now, I want you to understand, I would love to see a church full of sinners, lost people. Because Jesus said he didn't come to heal the well, he come to heal the sick. And if you're lost, and you don't have Jesus Christ as your Savior, and if you're committing any of these sins, you're carnal, flesh, and flesh cannot please God. I read that to you earlier. We need to get back to good old Holy Ghost living. And I told you, I'm going to make some of you mad. I preached on this very subject in another church. Pastor called me up next week. He said, Brother Bill, I thought we were friends. I said, well, I thought we were too. We're fishing buddies. Every time I go by there, I go fishing with him. He said, I believe you're trying to kill me. I said, what do you mean? He said, I've got 16 people to baptize and five weddings to do since you preached that sermon over here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time we start preaching against sin. And if you're living in sin, you're sick. 
and you're dying spiritually. I know this is hard preaching for some of you, but don't you think it's time? Yeah. Madam, if that old boy thinks enough of you to hop in a sack with you, he ought to think enough of you to put a ring on your hand and say, I do. And if he don't, tell him to hit the road, Jack. Because your eternal soul rests in the balance of what you do. And I've had women tell me, well, I don't want to marry that joker. I'm just living with him. I'm not going to end up in hell with him, with that attitude. Now, I know that some of you are probably saying, boy, I felt pretty good when I come to church tonight. Enjoyed the praise and worship. Boy, you, you just brought me down. That's what evangelists do. <laughs> but let me say, there is hope for every one of you. There's hope. Go with me to 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter. Listen to what Paul said to the church. Know ye not, I'm reading in the uh, sixth chapter, ninth verse. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. There it is again. There it is again. Listen to what he said. Know ye not that the righteousness or unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. In other words, folks, Satan has deceived half of the population of America today or more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's okay. You know, if it feels good to you, it's obviously good for you. I'm okay, you're okay. That mentality. Well, if it felt good and that makes you a Christian, then everybody that robbed a bank, killed somebody, or anything else should be let out of prison because I guarantee you when they pulled the trigger, they were feeling good. Listen to what it says. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate. Now, effeminate simply means, if you do a word study on it, it's talking about homosexuals and lesbians. Now, I'm walking on thin ice here. That also includes bisexuals. Yeah. Got real quiet down at the assembly of God, didn't it? I was preaching in a church, and I said something about homosexuality. After the service, someone came up to me and said, Brother Say, you are going to go to prison for preaching like you preach. 
My answer to that was, well, it won't be the first time. <laughs> Been there, done that, and got a T-shirt. Here's the hope. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now some of you feeling bad, but listen to this verse. And such were some of you how many of you know what were means? It means you were involved in these sins. It means you were partakers of these sins. But listen to what it says. Glory to God. Woo, I got Holy Ghost monks jumping leapfrog up and down my back. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by His Spirit of God. Yeah. Some of us, and I include myself, I didn't do drugs. My motto was drugs were for selling and not for taking because they'll kill you. I didn't drink. I had nine uncles that was full-blown alcoholics. I saw what happened to their families. I didn't smoke. Now, I am not going to stand up here and tell you, you smoking will send you to hell. I don't believe it will, according to the Bible. But it'll make you smell like you've been there and got singed. <laughs> Amen? And if you're going to hell, it'll help you get there a little quicker. But I was preaching a revival in this church. And I mentioned homosexuality on Sunday morning. And I said, listen, I hear it all the time. Well, brother, say, I was born this way. Now, let me explain something to you, folks. God would not put something in your genetic genes that would damn your soul to hell if you think you were born that way, I got to answer to your problem, get born again. <laughs> Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, I don't know what fleshly sin that you might be involved in, but I do know one thing for sure. If you'll bring that sin to Calvary tonight and put it under the blood of Jesus, you'll be set free, you'll be sanctified, justified, purified, called out, set aside, marginalized, pastorized, and baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. But the choice is yours. I don't know what your sin is. I can't forgive you of it. But he can. We have people holding positions in our churches today who are full-blown lesbians, homosexuals, and bisexuals. 
In Atlanta, Georgia, one of the fastest growing churches is on Ponce de Leon Avenue. And the pastor of that church is a confessing homosexual. He allows his partner to sit on the platform with him. It's amazing that it's right in the middle of the homosexual area in Atlanta. And Atlanta, Georgia has the second largest homosexual population of any city in the country. Second. San Francisco being first. And the church is full, packed. What do you think they're going to do when they get to hell? I can tell you a couple of things they're going to do. They're going to be praying. They're going to be praying, God, give me one more chance to change. Listen, folks, it's time we change. Now is the time of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. You know, we, we all plan for tomorrow. Anybody in here never made plans for tomorrow? How many of y'all ever seen Batman? Y'all looking spiritual on me now. They had a character on there named the Riddler. And the Riddler was always giving riddles out. And one time I was watching him. And the riddle was this. What is always coming but never arrives? The answer is tomorrow. Because when it arrives, it's today. Think about that. That's why the Bible says today. It's the day of salvation, not tomorrow. And let me bring it down a little closer. Do you realize you're one heartbeat away from eternity? That's how close you are to death. Doesn't matter what your age is. Go out here to the cemetery and look and see the tombstones, the dates on. One heartbeat. Now, I used to think I didn't have a heart until I got saved, and then I had a heart attack, and them things are vicious. <laughs> they will attack you. But God saw me through it. I was right up here in, in uh, Morris. Brother John Hambrick was the pastor there. I was preaching in the... In the Behind the pulpit. And, and, and all, I went into the invitation. And then it hit me. My eyes rolled back in my head. My wife told the pastor's wife, said, something's wrong with Bill. The pastor's wife got up and walked up. I always have the pastor stand up here because I, I believe that people would come to him before they'd come to me. I'm a total stranger. And so the wife walked up and told Brother John, said, something's wrong with Bill. He looked around, hollered for the associate pastor, threw me in the back seat of his car, wouldn't even allow me to sit in the front seat. <laughs> Took me down here to Baptist Hospital. They put a stint. I got five of them. 
but they ain't slowed me down. Brother John says, Bill, I, I guess we ought to cancel a revival. I said, Brother John, please don't cancel this revival. I've already preached tonight's service, and I'll be there for tomorrow night, and I finished that revival, folks. But I was one heartbeat away from eternity. What is going to be your excuse when you stand before God with one of these fleshly sins in your life? I had a dear friend of mine come to me, and I'll close with this. He said, Brother Bill, I think I'm going to get married. I said, I thought you was already married. He said, no, we're just living together. I said, I thought you was a Christian. He said, I am. I said, no, you're not. You're living in the flesh. I said, he said, well, it's okay to live together. I said, son, what do you think you're going to do when you stand before God and God says, you know, y'all are such a wonderful couple. You, you, you just love living together and sinning together. But, you know, you're such a wonderful couple. I'm going to make an exception for you and let you come on into heaven. Do you think God's really going to say that? He said, no. I said, then you need to get saved. I preached a wedding three days later. <clears throat> Folks, it's time we listen to the Word of God and not to some doctor who has a Ph.D., which means nothing but a Pentecostal hairdo. <laughs> you can have all the education you want, and if you don't have Jesus Christ, you're as lost as a goose in a desert. Amen. So what's it going to be tonight? I preached on fornication, but every one of these sins, according to the Word of God, if you die with that sin in your heart, you're going to hell. If you actually, I mean, you know, I know there's such thing as flash sin. That's usually an evil thought. And, and, and when they come to me and tell me about their evil thought, I say, well, you know that Satan controls your mind. He works up here, folks. And he'll tell you what the Bible says, be not deceived. Yes. Satan will tell you whatever the sin is in your life, it's okay. Everybody's doing it. No, not everybody. I'm not doing it. I, 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 you know, I'm going to heaven, but I don't want to be on the next busload. I know too. Listen, if you don't have a burden for the lost, I believe you're lost. I got family members that's still lost. I don't want to go to heaven with, until I get a chance to witness to them and lead them to Jesus Christ. And when I say witness, I don't mean walking up and saying, Jesus loves you. I mean, Jesus loves all of us, but he hates our sin. And tonight you have an opportunity to get rid of it. Amen. Brother John, you come.
you have an opportunity to pass from death unto life eternal tonight if you would just do it. 